keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for Bunyan Country and welcome to the show. What a weekend it was in Walker. The weather wasn't all that great. It was a little rocket on the water, but they had their big two-day Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. And, of course, it was a very exciting weigh-in when it was all said and done. The Catterlicks of Bismarck, North Dakota, and New London, Minnesota were the champions of the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament, weighing in 33.89 pounds of fish in two days. Uh, 16.82 in day two, and they had the big bag of day one with 17.07 pounds. So they take home the $15,200 first prize. Top team out of 155 two-person teams at this year's Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. Aaron Murphy, who uh, won the Knights uh, Columbus Walleye Classic a couple years ago, was uh, teaming up with Miskovich, and the Grand Forks duo ended up in second place and right behind them. Dean and Toby Kavalivog, the Brainerd Bemidji father-son combo, came in third at 31.36 pounds and brought home a check for $4,950. 8000 by the way, for the second-place team. The Luthmers of Victoria and Albany were fourth and rounding out the top five, Good and Dankert from Minnetrista and Anoka. The second five, Segner and Wackholz of Waconia. The Minkies of Walker and Forest Lake, Dusty Minky among that team, uh, were seventh. The O'Keefe and Andert combo of Hackensack were eighth. Ross and Brock of Park Rapids and Walker ninth. And rounding out the top ten, the Walters tandem from Bacchus and Brainerd. Those were the top ten teams at the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. Other awards. First place male-female division was O'Keefe and Andert. They were eighth overall and took first in the male-female division. The the, uh, first place adult-child division, 25th place overall, Jason and Jack Slipey. Biggest fish of the day, day one, Kaufman and Bartoszewski brought in a 7.72-pound walleye. Wow. And the biggest fish, day two, uh, Uppus and Middendorf. They brought in a fish that weighed 7.23 pounds. Day one's biggest basket, the Catterlicks, who won the whole thing, 17.07 pounds. And the biggest basket, day two, Bob Landerville and uh, Schneider, his partner, 17.44 pounds. That was a big one because that gave them the comeback award. They jumped 69 spots with that day two bag of 17.44 pounds and ended up in 29th place. So the comeback award goes to Landerville and Schneider. Those are the results of the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. Coming up this weekend is the Knights of Columbus Walleye Tournament Saturday on Lake Bemidji. And Dean and Toby Kavalivog will be competing there as well. We will hear from Toby next. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, now that he's done teaching for the year, he's got a little more time. We had a chance to talk to him. Uh, Toby Kavalivog joining us from Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Toby, welcome back to the show. Good to have you. Well, thanks, Kevin. It's always it's always a pleasure to be uh, part of your uh, your your group and part of the show, and and uh, we really enjoy talking to you and and all the listeners, of course. Well, you got a, a big weekend on Leech Lake. You and uh, Dino, your dad, uh, pulled in a top three finish at the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. It was it was fun. You know, it was a, it was a good Leech Lake. Uh, got a pretty good bike around right now. The the fish are somewhat concentrated on small specific spots, but boy, they're hungry and they. They they definitely want to eat. So you know, 
traveling around Leech Lake can be a little difficult when you have weather like we did this weekend, but I tell you, if you can find the fish, they're going to bite, so that's a good problem. Boy, it was. It had had to have been tough out there. Uh, it was windy. It was cold. It wasn't uh, a lot of fun in that regard. But uh, when you come home, come home with uh, almost five thousand dollars, that's not so bad. Yeah, exactly. It makes the it makes the aches and pains go away as, for sure. You know, it it is. It's fun. It's, we knew what the weather forecast was going to be, and and you know, along with the wind, it did a one eighty. So it went from southeast to northwest, and both of those winds are pretty much straight across the longest portion of the lake so both both days we were we were bucking into the wind going out on saturday and bucking into the wind coming back on sunday so it was really the same it was really the same but it, you know it's 112,000 acres so when you get oh. any wind that's pushing 20 miles an hour it gets really big and it was as big as i've seen um in the 10 years that i've been fishing leech really hard at, at, on the, on the weekend it was it was really crazy but you know, the boats are all built well nowadays, and, and we, we for the most part, at Leisure Outdoor Adventures, we all drive uh, Lund boats, and um, I tell you what, they're, they're built right, and if you take your time and just be smart about it, um, you can really handle the biggest waves that Minnesota and Leech Lake can offer. It's just you got to be smart about it. It can be dangerous. If you're not mm-hmm. smart, it's important to wear your PFDs and uh, kill switches attached and, and just go about your business calmly, and you'll get there as long as you don't... Uh, try to rush so you know it was crazy it was it was real windy it was gusting up to i think 40 miles an hour yesterday and and to be quite honest we 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 tried to tuck out of the wind a little bit yesterday and and uh be smart about it you know yes five thousand dollars is nice but it's not worth not coming home so right that was a priority um i, th- I was going to say you have the leisure outdoor adventures uh bragging rights but then i see murphy's a little bit ahead of you there I tell you what, that bugger's got a hot <laughs> hand. You know, I mean, we got the crowd coming now. And so he's first place two years ago, second place last year. Yeah. Um, he's been in the money quite often on Leech Lake as well. And, you know, we got to have some bragging rights in our life, Kev. It's, yeah. It's, you know, I I know I was ahead of Monday one, which means nothing, really. <laughs> but uh, I knew they had a decent day two, uh, day one also. And, um, you know, I really didn't. I didn't see him coming because we both kind of abandoned where we fished the first day. And, and I, I was fortunate enough to catch that, that Holy grail over right away in the morning yesterday. So I had the rest of the day to try to get really nice under 20 inch fish, which are very important too. And, and, uh, boy, he just went out and whacked him again. Like he always does. And I think it was like one ounce too, which is what really, really bugs you. And one ounce in that tournament is worth three grand. For that, oh. you know, the difference between second and, and third. So, uh, Murph, if you hear this, I'm coming for you this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say it's quite an interesting uh, change uh, of venue. You go from that huge body of water, Leech Lake, uh, to Lake Bemidji, which isn't, you know, not a small little puddle, but compared to Leech Lake, a much smaller venue and, a, and probably a, a whole different thing to, to get ready for. You know, it's, this time of year, our lakes in Paul Bunyan country all fish for the most part, fish similar. Um, you know, wind-driven is always a factor, but, you know, Lake Bemidji has lots of spots, but, you know, history for the tournament, there's only so many that typically kick out those bigger bags. So, you know, the nice thing about leech, and like Dad and I found yesterday, the difference is if you just work and trust your electronics, you can find some fish off to yourself pretty much, and that's what we did. Uh Bemidji, you can't be afraid to get in there and 
whatever the structure is and just be pleasant and fish along everybody else and, and just try to do your best to help fish them. So it, the fish is smaller, but as far as tactic goes, you know, typically there's always some deeper fish caught here and there, but, you know, you got that cabbage weed and you have a little bit of rocks and sand and those transition areas and bars, and it's really about where the wind's going to be blowing and, you know, boat numbers are important for that tournament. What did you use and what were you hearing others using on Leech Lake this past weekend? Um, you know, leeches seem to be uh, really good right now. You know, one of the top spots on Leech Lake has been for the last little while, and, and it's not a secret by any means, is the Annex Reef out in the middle of the main lake has been kicking out a lot of fish, just either bobbering, corking bob, corks with leeches and or, or uh, just live bait rigging leeches across the top of uh, the Annex that people are getting. I don't know if the winning team was there or not. I heard maybe they were up in Sucker Bay, but I know... Some of the teams that, a lot of the teams that brought in big bags in the first day were on the annex. Um, the whole south end of the lake, the east side of the lake, have been real good for both slot fish, big fish, and keepers. And the keepers on the main lake seem to be pushing that 19-inch range, and they're big and fat. So that's that's leeches over there. You know, jigs and minnows, if you can find good shiner minnows, are still producing and will always produce on on Leech Lake, the spinner bite is just starting, you know, driving home last night. I did see a few mayflies floating around on Leech Lake, uh, not a lot, but a couple, and driving home last night going by some of the smaller lakes, like Round Lake down by Brainerd here, it, it had happened. I mean, the, the highway 371 was just loaded with mayflies flying mm-hmm. around. So that tells me, you know, leeches too, but that spinner bite should be cranking up on all the lakes that are getting ready to do that. And I think Leech Lake is set up perfect. You know, the fish, again, we use leeches and night crawlers, just the standard old live bait rig. But uh, I tell you what, when I go back and I can put bottom bouncers out with guide clients and uh, roll four or five rods out at one time, I think uh, I think the rods are going to get bent. So well, I, would, I would definitely start pulling spinners, uh, but the rock transitions on the main lake with the leeches right now are are where it's at. Toby Cavalli-Bog of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, my guest today. We'll have more with Tobe next. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, talking Leech Lake with Toby Cavallibog. Well, I've been hearing nothing but good reports throughout the entire season so far on Leech. It's been it's been fantastic. It really has. And again, if what we're finding is it's hard to find. I mean, there's big schools of fish that are in certain locations, and those fish are moving. So as long as there's people out there in pressure, people are you know the the boats are dictating. I mean, you can, you, it, it's not. 112,000 acres can be intimidating, but if you know the general area and you get out there and not be afraid of fishing by other boats, that's truly where most of the fish are. You know, yesterday we scrambled and, and tried to find some fish that were, uh, you know, maybe away from other er, other people. We did, but when we did, it was only three or four fish in certain spots. I mean, you could side image them and then down image them and go through them and catch a couple and they would swoop. But when you get in these big pods of fish... They're, I mean, football field side school, mm-hmm. and so there's plenty of room for people to drift through and 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 uh, catch those fish. So yes, it's been good. Uh, there's a large, and, I, and I'm guessing they're chasing shiners still and and or whatever kind of minnow. But with this with this mayfly hatch starting to starting to occur, they will spread out a little bit, and then it then it gets uh, you know it'll be a little bit different. But yes, since opener, opener Kevin, it's been 
it's been nothing but hook sets and lots of smiles and Facebook pictures and whatnot for Leech Lake. It's been good. You know, and the interesting thing I always find when, when I'm talking to guys who, you know, doing tournament stuff and guiding, wh- the way you approach it when, for a guide trip is completely different than what you're trying to accomplish in a tournament. In a tournament, it's about a certain kind of fish. And when absolutely. you're guiding, you just want you just want to catch walleyes. Oh, absolutely. That's true. You know, you really have to go where your experience, that's the pre-fishing part, shows you that there's 19 to 20-inch fish, and there's good chance it's going to be a big one. And, you, you know, and, and we have places in guiding that we can we can get people their limit of 15 to 17 inch fish. Well, those are pretty worthless. And then there's people that want to just play catch and release games, and uh, you know just catch fish, which is awesome. And we can go to spots where you're catching 22 to 24 inch fish nonstop, and those also are worthless. So in a tournament, you know, Dad and I we talked to people that caught 50 fish, 100 fish. They said on Saturday, wow. I bet we did not catch. 16 to 20 fish tops, but six of those were the right ones. You know, right. we caught an over, and we caught fish that were 19 and some inches, and it just had to be patient, and that was really the name of the game. And, and for us, I think, luckily, that wind kept us in one spot, and so I did not do the uh, running around breaking my dad or the boat game. So <laughs> that worked out well. Just kind of grind it out, and that's the difference, and that's truly what I think uh, Lake Bemidji, per se, will be. You know, they're... You'll find the fish, and they'll turn off and on. There'll be windows. You know, the wind will change, or maybe it gets cloudy for a little bit, depending on the forecast. you got to be there when the fish bite, because the fish aren't really going to go anywhere. You know, they they can be spooky, or they can just kind of hit the bottom and lay low for a little while, but you just got to grind them out, and that's always the case. It seems like there's windows. You know, when you're on those fish on Lake Bemidji, all of a sudden the big ones bite, or all of a sudden the little ones go crazy for a while, but you just got to be there. And if you're, you're burning... 20 gallons of gas driving around, you're really not fishing. Got to keep the line in the water. So who's in charge on that boat, uh, Dean or, or Toby? Well, I think I think, uh, I think I kind of have to run the show. I, I'm perfectly confident in my dad's able, ability to uh, find fish and catch fish, but I'm a little bit of a control freak, and uh, <laughs> when I... When I when I'm on the when I'm in the boat, uh, maybe maybe it's a little attention deficit too. I, I just have to I have to be in control and looking at the graph and to be able to sit in the front and and just fish would be awfully hard for me. So yeah, no, I I, I commandeer the boat and and uh, Dad does a good job assisting. Well, and and I'm sure the one time it was the other way around back in the day. You know that's interesting. You know, truly, truly for us, our fishing relationship started when when I. I was uh, got into guiding and fishing, and with my dad, Dean, you know, he was always busy working, paying the bills, mm-hmm. and um, supporting his two boys that played hockey. You know, for for ho- hockey and other sports nowadays, it's all kind of the same. It's it's, it's a lot of money, and, it is. and so it was supporting us, and that was dad's job. I truly, I truly got into fishing through uh, a friend who lived out in Cass Lake, Terry Jacobson, Lorna Jacobson, still lives out there, and we. We, I would spend my entire summer on Cass Lake and, and then Lake Bemidji, you know, at one point, Dad got us a boat. I mean, that's a huge part. Dad got a boat that I could hook up to the four-wheeler and pull to the Lake Irving access, and from there it started. So wow. I was a bit like Tom Sawyer, and, and we were close enough, you know, a block from the Mississippi River where I could just take my rod and the old leeches and uh, fish rock bass and everything else and truly love the fish, and that's what's beautiful about the Bemidji area there's, there's so many opportunities, and we have to take a kid fishing coming this week, too, right? Right, that's coming up Wednesday. 
Uh, yep, and I tell you, yep, and that was my first experience, really, truly walleye fishing with with Rob Bomber, and uh, he took me out. I remember as if it was yesterday. Uh, took me out, and uh, another son, uh, or another another kid, uh, Darren Olson. We went out in the boat and fished Lake Bemidji, and I couldn't believe that you could actually find fish with a graft and cover them, or cu- hover over them and, and catch fish. So it was just an amazing experience, and uh, take kid fishing, I will forever be grateful. <laughs> well, and then you'll be here on Saturday. Actually, you'll be here before that doing a little pre-fishing, but the big uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Tournament is Saturday. You and Dean fishing it together. How, what's your highest finish at this tournament? Um, the Kraus, I know we've had fifth. I, I can't remember if we got third place. Yeah, I think we might have got I don't. I don't remember. There's been a few. Um, we've never won though, and that's. Uh, it always be. It would be nice to have the jackets, you know, of the sure. of the of the winners or the you know the first place prize is our ultimate goal. Dad's gonna be. I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag, but he's gonna be 73 this month. Oh wow! And, um, and uh, you know he's kind of starting to think about retiring from this fishing game, and I'm trying to hold him. You know, this is coming from his mouth as we're bouncing across five foot waves of leech. You know, I can't really blame him. I was thinking about it too, but uh, uh, you know, it would sure be fun to uh, share the stage with Dad in that uh, in that spotlight. All right. Well, we will find out Saturday if that's the case. Toby Cavallivog and his dad Dean will be fishing the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, and of course, uh, coming off a third place finish at the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. And bringing home a pretty nice check for that. Toby, congratulations on that. Thanks for your time, and we will see you Saturday. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thanks for having us. Up next, we get educated with Dr. Hafes as we ask the aquatic biologist another tough question. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with your host, Kev Jackson. He's the one asking the stupid questions. A reminder that we're on social media. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter, and you can check us out on the web as well. Go to kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country for all the archives, or subscribe to the podcast. You can do that at podcastone.com or at iTunes. Ask the aquatic biologist. Once again, time to check in with the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes. Uh, this is more practical catching fish information. We always hear fish are deep, fish are shallow. Why do fish go to different depths? How do I know where they're going to be? <laughs> That's the classic question right there. Yes, one of the most is. important ones for fishermen, right? <laughs> How do I find the fish? So in terms of the actual uh, ecology right, or the biology of these fish, it comes down to four basic things. Food, um, predation, uh, temperature, and then oxygen in my opinion. So, um, you know, if you think about those four things – where is, the, where is their prey base at? They're going to try to, to key in on that. But if there's a risk of predation there, they have to think about that as well. So um, if there's a risk of predation, they'll go a little deeper. If there's not, then maybe they're more comfortable feeding up in the shallows um, where it's easier to see things and attack and stuff like that. So the food, your, where the prey is and where the predators are, that interaction between those two is very, very important in my opinion. So just for example, my... When I was doing my master's in smallmouth bass, they really liked this depth that was about, uh, you know, two to three feet deep. They didn't, I almost always, when I put the transmitters in and tracked where they were, I almost always found them at that exact depth. And when I would approach these pools where the fish were at, you could see that the small fish were up on the shallows where the bass couldn't be or didn't want to be. And the bass would be right at that edge 
where they could clip off any kind of uh, minnow or whatever that would make a mistake and get too deep. But the bass didn't want to go too shallow because then they're susceptible from birds. Oh. Right? So uh, they, they stay just deep enough where they can avoid being preyed upon, but they're right next to where that prey is. So I think that's a really interesting thing that occurs out in nature, and you can apply that to lakes as well. That's why we've talked about drop-offs in the past, and I think that that allows fish to, to move up and down these drop-offs and be at the exact light level that they want to be at that gives them access to prey and allows them to feel safe where they can go deeper or get away quick uh, from any predators that might be there. We often hear about uh, in the heart of summertime that sure. the walleyes are 20-something feet deep. What's driving them that far deep? So oftentimes during the summer, uh, temperature and dissolved oxygen play a big role then, right? So uh, if walleye like to be at 68 to 73 degrees, you know, that's their optimum growth temperature, they're going to try to find a spot that is as close to that temperature as they can that still allows them access to food. Okay. So uh, that's kind of the sweet spot. You know, temperatures vary as you go deeper and, and shallower, of course, so... Mm-hmm. If they can find, if they can go deep enough, and there's oxygen allowed, or oxygen available for them, and there's prey available, they'll probably try to find that temperature that's about 68 to 73. Right, and if it's a particularly clear lake, the the light will penetrate deeper. Right, so they can be deeper and still see fairly well. I'm assuming. Right, and walleye are interesting that they can see better at low light conditions than other fish. So yeah. uh, that also comes into play depending upon the species they're in, you know, if you're a perch or a pike where you can see better during highlight conditions uh, in comparison to a walleye, uh, they might be a little bit deeper during the day uh, just because yeah. they're more effective at feeding during in low light conditions. So, Is there any particular rule of thumb that they're going to be here at this time or is it just we got to try all the spots that they generally are and we'll find them eventually? Oh, I think that's a better uh, question for... <laughs> a guide or somebody who's out there <laughs> fishing. I uh, like to throw baits that are, you know, when I first get onto a body of water, I like to throw baits that are kind of searcher, you know, like crankbaits and things like that, that I can really locate fish really quickly. And then you, obviously there's a bunch of advanced technology these days, uh, fish finders and things like right. that that help. But my strategy early on would be to find a, a lo- use a locator bait that covers a lot of ground really quick, helps me find the fish, and then I can key on them once I, once I get there. Okay. So. And like you said, all fish have different rules that apply to them, too. Sure, for yeah. sure. And muskies, is there any rhyme or reason what a muskie does? I know they don't really travel in groups, but they just kind of be are here, there, and everywhere. Well, there's, they're variable in their habitats and in their uh, prey, right? They can You can have some big ones that focus in on the ciscos, and others might be cru- cruising drop-offs even during the same time of the year. So, uh but I haven't had much experience working with muskies or fishing for them too much, so uh, that's a little bit outside of my realm. They don't really have to worry about predator fish. That's one thing they don't have to worry about. There's nobody. There's no yeah, other yeah, fish down that's, there. You're right. <laughs> um, you know, their biggest predator are humans. Uh, when they're young, they have uh, some predation risks, but a, a 57-inch muskie. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah, it's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, thanks for your time yeah, today. We appreciate it. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, Roger that.
Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty ports available on 12 and 24.